Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. Hello everyone, it's Precious Pioneer, and welcome to another episode of Precious the Foodie. I know what you're probably thinking, that I'm probably mad for having three episodes for you guys this week, but in this bonus show, I had the honor of being featured on Social Cohesion podcast hosted by Daniel Hawley. I felt like this show was a relevant conversation for you guys to hear, and I wanted to share this show with you. Um, I do warn you, it's a slightly emotional show, and I think that the value speaks for itself. But I wanted to mention that the impact of the coronavirus has shifted all of us in a weird direction, and we're all stumbling into these new paths. And as I share my vulnerability to let you know that you're not alone, pandemics are few and far between And a simple reminder to find moments of joy in this moment and where you are now and where I am now is is important. And that's why I am sharing the show with you guys today. Um, Side note, if you find value and love this show, Precious the Foodie, the show, um, please share it with your family, your friends on social media. Um, write a review in Apple Podcasts. That just really helps to support me and the creation of these shows. And I value each and every single one of you guys. And so thank you for your continuous support. I am incredibly grateful. Um, but without further ado, let's tune to this bonus show. Self and social awareness. These are two characteristics of people that I absolutely love speaking to and I absolutely love coaching. The reason being is that certainly through my own journey, taking a look at the rest of the world and the human behaviours, what's going wrong, what's going right, and understanding that accountability is paramount to our progression as individuals and collectively, sometimes we forget we are part of that mix. And sometimes we forget that actually we just need to focus on getting our best life in order to bring more bestness to the rest of the world. That's why I love coaching people who are about equality and about happiness and joy for every single human being on this planet. Welcome to the Social Cohesion Podcast. My name is Daniel Holly and I hope you enjoy these episodes. It would be an understatement to say that the current climate is messy, it's hard, it's challenging. And while this is going on, we've got people in isolation, people quarantined for months. And there's also key workers, people who have to be out there to ensure that our nations continue to tick over, at least on the basics. And then there are these people who have a strong, undefeatable passion for what they do, who unfortunately due to quarantine, due to isolation, can no longer do that work. And my next coachee is one of those people. Precious is a talented chef whose goal stretches beyond simply cooking for people. And she'll share that with you in this episode. 
But what do you do when you have this incredible, undefeatable passion for something and it's almost as though the entire world itself is stopping you from doing it? What do you do when you have a fire in your core and yet there is no fuel? Precious, first of all, thank you for agreeing to have this conversation with me. Of course, I'm glad to be here. And I love it when people say that because I'm always like, wait until we've had the conversation and we'll see. <laughs> well, I'm pretty, oh, I'm a pretty open person. So I think that, um, I think no matter where we go, I think it'll be a positive experience. Excellent, excellent. So Precious, what would you like to have that's new for you at the end of this conversation? Um, I think something that I'd really like to take away is to be able to step in a little bit more confidence um, despite all of the um, events that go around, you know, in our day to day. I think I'd like to be able to um, just have the courage to take a leap of faith despite, you know, the fear of the unknown. Mm. Immediately, I'm curious, what specific area are you looking to leap into with faith? Um, hmm. Well, right now I'm at the very beginning of my career, which is um, hospitality. I'm a chef. And so for the very first time, um, our industry completely has been obliterated. Hmm. And so that's a lot of tense and a lot of stress, um, given that, you know, over 40 million people are unemployed, including myself. And so it's a weird grounding place, not knowing how we'll um, be able to uh, move past this, I suppose, you know, mm. so. You said we, who's we? Um, well, I, uh, I recently graduated from a hospitality uh, college. And so a lot of my friends are also in the hospitality industry, whether they're at hotels or restaurants. And so when I say we, I kind of just think of them and I think of like, we're all in this spot. And I think that's the only thing that kind of brings me a bit of um, courage and positivity because you know, we're all sitting in this like weird space of like um, unemployment, I suppose. Mm. So it's just an interesting, an interesting spot to be in. So, mm. Okay. So what I'm going to invite you to do as we move through this conversation is I'm going to invite you to change the word we to I. Okay. Not to, of course, segregate yourself from the familiar situation you are in with your friends but to acknowledge that you're having this conversation for yourself and not necessarily for the weight of your friends and colleagues situations as well all right i can do that <laughs> all right okay then now this concern you have, is this a concern that you're familiar with in your past or is this new concern because of the new environment? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Um, honestly, I think that that fear has always kind of been with me. Um, I'm a military kid, so I've always moved around from place to place. And I think I've adjusted and become accustomed to letting things go and letting change just happen. But I think one thing that I found a lot of security in is um, the hard work I put in towards my career and uh, learning new things to advance um, what I, who I want to become and in my occupation. So I put a lot of my eggs into this basket mm. and um, sorry, I'm like super emotional all the time. Okay. Um, okay. But I think that the reason why this particular section is, has impacted me specifically is because um, a lot of my security was in that and not knowing what will become of it is just, it's like a recall of a lot of different things that I have previously experienced. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And I will say, if you need to take a moment, take the moment by all means. All right. I am thinking though about your career as a chef. Now, it's funny you use the term all eggs in one basket because I want to go down that road a little bit and ask, whenever you're making dinner for yourself, do you find that you need to have absolutely every ingredient in order to create a meal for yourself? No, actually. Um, I think one of the coolest things about being a chef is we're we're imaginative as we're creative. So we make a lot of, we make something beautiful out of nothing. And so I think one of the best things is improvising and being able to create something like that without, without having all of the ingredients. It's like we, uh, I use it, uh, in our restaurants, we like to, or I like to use, and I guess my coworkers too, we like to use, um, like an inside joke, like our, like look up your chef Google or something. And so if we don't have eggs or something like, what well, can we substitute in certain meals to be able to recreate it? Um, and maybe even make it better without the ingredients we, we need. So. Hmm. I'm wondering if in saying that alone, something may have sparked. Right. I understand your, your connection uh, to that reference. And I think you're right. Um, I guess supposedly not all of my eggs are into this one uh, career basket. You know, I don't think I necessarily identify myself as like my only purpose is the job that I'm in. I think what really resonated with me is that it's one of the main things that sparks a lot of joy for me. And um, to see it depleted. I think that's what brought in a little bit of sadness. So, because um, in hospitality, it's like a very unique field and our job is solely to make other people happy. And in return, we have a lifetime of happiness. That's kind of our motto. Mm. And so with quarantine for the past few months, you know, you're kind of isolated. And so it's a definitely different day-to-day -day mindset then. Um, you know, where we go to work every day, you know, we're fulfilling other people's needs. And now suddenly we're, you know, 
by ourselves or with our family or wherever we are. Mm. I'm wanting to guess that chefs have a, they can have their unique style. How would you describe your style as a chef? Um, <laughs> I would say that no matter what it is, uh, despite the recipe, I'm definitely one to add my own flair or unique sense of perspective on it. Okay. Um, but I think that has to do with a lot of my cultural background. You know, my mom has Mexican roots. And so um, I remember I had a culinary final. And so we had like a prep list and we learned all these recipes. And so um, for my final exam, I had to make a, ch a chicken Parmesan, like something that's kind of simple, but a little bit tedious if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and I remember adding like chilies and all kinds of different peppers and stuff to the marinara and they were just like this is not the recipe but it's good so we'll give you an a you know so <laughs> i think <laughs> you know i think that's definitely you know my that's more my style you know no matter what it is i'll always if i think i can improve it i'm gonna add a little bit of extra to it so hmm. i'm actually i'm gonna pull in from a previous conversation so this conversation we had up before this recording here i'm gonna pull from that and just for the listeners and for this conversation, could you just say what your goal is at present in regards to food and chefing and hospitality? Um, oh, so my biggest dream, I suppose, um, I, I, I do want to become a chef, but I think one of the biggest things for me is um, understanding the importance of food and how it impacts and is intertwined in everyone's life and their culture and in their day-to-day. -day. And so there's a new term of being what it means to be a sustainable chef. Mm -hmm. And um, it's way more than just bringing, uh, creating a beautiful dish and setting in front of someone. It's uh, being mindful of where food comes from, what it does, for people and um, being a food advocate, bringing food to people who don't have access to uh, the right nutrition and things like that, and just being really aware of um, what it can do, especially for your health, for your mind, for your heart. And so um, I think my dream especially is just to bring that knowledge and power to people and also just spark a lot of joy for people. I think one of the most rewarding things in it for a chef is, you know, people come to our restaurants to celebrate their birthdays, anniversaries, and other various celebrations, you know, and with each meal that we serve, um, we're a part of that memory. You know, they take photos and we contributed to that sense of joy. And I think that's probably one of the most rewarding things you, we can do, or I can do, you know, as a chef. Mm. How does it feel talking about that? Um, it actually makes me really calm and really happy. Um, I don't know. There's nothing like it. I think some people, I think almost everyone can relate when they labor into a dish for a couple of hours for your special date or someone you care about. And they're like, wow, this is so good. Or they ask <laughs> for a recipe. You know, there's like that that warm feeling of like, wow, you know, they appreciate my efforts. And it could be um, an expression in other things that you do in your um, whatever, you know, your joy is. It could be 
raking the leaves or, you know, acts of kindness. And I think that's really how that resonates with me. Like, um, I just love to bring that to people. I love when I used to be a pastry chef before everything happened and um, I had my own dessert and chocolatiering case to myself. And so I got to decorate it every morning with all the different chocolates and pastries. And as I set it up each morning, um, I loved when guests come in and they're like, wow, it looks so pretty. And then they'd buy a whole bunch of them. And I'm like, wow, you know, you know, I did that. And so um, I think that just brings a lot of joy for me that, you know, they're all my little memories that I, I put a lot of labor into and people really enjoy that. And so mm. that makes me happy. Okay. Let's capture that. Let's hold on to that energy right now. And let's look at opportunities. Because as you've established, being a chef is about being creative. It's to be out having empty pans, empty plates, empty stomachs, and filling it with a variety of ingredients that you know go together and work and bring people joy. Now you've got to turn that on yourself and where you're at right now. So in terms of at home, what ingredients do you have that allow you to communicate this creation outward into the world? Mm. Well, um, as of recently, you know, I'm, I'm with my family right now and, um, mm -hmm. my mom usually makes dinner for us. And so I actually picked up a couple of days, <laughs> um, if you want to call them dinner shifts. Um, and I started, <laughs> um, cooking for my family. And so that has definitely brought a lot of joy. You know, it, it's the same sort of energy, you know, that's where it originally started. You know, I, always loved uh, making dinner or making desserts for my family. Um, that's what I did in high school and growing up. And so now I just kind of took that upon myself, you know, and so I make dinner for them. And mm. that's kind of what I have been doing at home to, you know, still get that sense of energy that I had before, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. What other opportunities have you got? What other, well, actually, excuse me, what other ingredients do you have at your disposal in your home where you are now that you can again, communicate that joy that you bring out into the world? Um, hmm. To be honest, I'm not too sure. Um, it's funny that you ask because when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind, I, we're actually in the middle of moving. So I'm thinking about my fridge and I'm like, the only thing I have in my fridge is probably a few LaCroix and like, a carton of strawberries, you know, it's like super empty right now. <laughs> There's okay. not anything in there. Um, and so, yeah, that's what comes to mind. We're literally in the middle of moving. So. Mm. Okay. How long is the move going to take? Um, two weeks. So mm -hmm. uh, right now I'm actually in a, ho a hotel and, oh, cool. um, okay. right, right. <laughs> and, um, and um, we came up here to kind of look at the house and do a whole bunch of ceremonial pleasantries and stuff. You know, my dad's in the military, as I mentioned. And so yeah. it's a lot more of a formal move than your typical day to day. And so um, and so then we'll go back to our, where we live now and outside of D.C. and pack up for the next two weeks. And then we'll come right back up here. Okay. How are you able to view the next two weeks then in regards to 
bringing yourself some clarity and confidence over the unknown? Um, well, well, funny enough, I think that our previous conversation is kind of um, a very small percentage that's always been in my mind. You know, I, I feel like I'm a relatively positive person. And so I'm actually, despite everything that I just said, it's completely opposite of how I like feel on the outside in the frontal part of my mind. Because the thing is, though, um, with restaurants, especially now, we everything it's 2020 and everything in our lives has updated renewed itself evolved into something greater you know with technology and all these different things but restaurants have always stayed the same and so in that sense they have actually been flawed in many ways you know we haven't updated and evolved into something and so on even though i always say that Sometimes rock bottom is the perfect place to like build something new to evolve and turn it into something. And so even though, you know, the hospitality industry is completely, you know, flattened out, now we can actually build something better than before. And I think that um, chefs are kind of getting together and finding creative ways to feed people and, you know, to say that this is like the very beginning of my career. Um, I'm going to have lived in a place where restaurants were what they were before, but now I'm starting out with the new innovate, innovative ways of like how we feed people and how we create things. And so um, I always wanted to start my own restaurant and open my own restaurant. And now I don't even know what that's going to look like. But as the creative, you know, chefs are always scrappy, you know, I'm very scrappy and creative. And so, like I said, we make a lot of, something out of nothing and so to see what our restaurants are going to look like um is uh of course worrisome like i said because you know it's it's hard to see anything when there's literally nothing right now but to think about what it's going to look like in the future is kind of almost exciting because we know that the demand is certainly there people still want to eat out at fancier places are, you know, meals that they can't typically cook at home. Not everybody's a pastry chef at their house, you know? Mm. And so it's just thinking about how we're going to pivot and how we're going to cliche like rise from the ashes, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. It's just going to be really interesting. And so for that, I'm, I'm really excited to, to collaborate with my peers and create something, mm. you know, the world hasn't quite seen. Okay. Tell me from the beginning of the conversation, how are you feeling now? Um, I feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prod at your dreams now. You're going to what? Prod at your dreams. Okay. Because I think it's more because I didn't ask the question clearly enough. And what I'm wondering is with you being in quarantine, currently being unemployed, um, what I'm assuming is extra time, spare time, and there's a window, there's a blank canvas, there's an empty plate of opportunity right now in which that dream you have is waiting to be started. 
Right. <laughs> and that's, that's a good point. I think that sense of um, anxiety is this abyss, this waiting period that I'm currently in, mm-hmm. you know, so I was scheduled to study abroad in Spain uh, to start my culinary career um, and go to culinary school. Mm. And um, I was supposed to start this September, but with Mm -hmm. everything, it got pushed back to January. And um, for anyone listening, you know, obviously culinary school is an arm and a leg to kind of get over Mm. there and to pay for. And, you know, not being unemployed and not having any income obviously is kind of, um, I think that's the forefront of this abyss, this worry, because it seems that everything is put on hold and now it doesn't seem as feasible as it was before. Like I had a plan and financial backing and, Mm. you know, security Mm -hmm. and um, it, kind of diminish you know I lost four or five months of income you know and to travel abroad you know takes a lot of money to save and to fund and to pay for and so kind of envisioning my life how it's going to be if I'm going to make it you know have enough savings to make it even in January Mm -hmm. is kind of I think what's really the forefront of my worries because Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what I call, you know, the start of my career. But if I can't get it started, it's kind of just, you know, now what? Mm. And that now what is exactly that dream that you can begin? Because I'm guessing it's also the same with chefing as well. You know, you've had these plans. They've come about. Some thing has taken place that sabotaged the process of what meal you're making, what dish you're preparing. And everything's had to go away. It's gone in the bin and you recognize that you actually have to start again. And you can't start again doing exactly the same thing because you may have used up some of the ingredients for the previous plate. So you've just got to start again. But again, chefs are creative, they're resourceful. And as you said, making something out of nothing. This is a wonderful strength that you have in a particular field. And... I really, I'm just thinking in this time that you have, again, and in this unknown, the wonderful thing about unknowns is that they actually can be opportunities simply for you to either spend time sitting in the unknown, knowing that things are outside of your power and you roll with it, you take time, you take the breaths and you allow these things or you wait for the time or you begin a process of recognizing that things are out of your hands and you go, right, what is in my hands? What can I make? What can I create? What can I do? Because I may not be able to predict the future, but I certainly can create one. Right. And I think, I, I think I've definitely taken that, that mindset head on, you know, um, I had to, take a step back and realize what I can do, what can I do now, you know, and what brings me joy. And I had to realize, um, you know, I had to go back to the root of why I enjoyed cooking in the first place, you know, why I 
want to become a chef. And so, and I, with all of those memories of, you know, sparking joy for other people and education and food advocacy and sustainability and all those different, you know, eggs, I'm like, well, I have most of them. You know, I, I have most of those things that I can do now. And so that's when I started cooking for my family. And I'm like, okay, so that's one. And then, um, you know, I have my own podcast show that interviews mm-hmm. a lot of other um, uh, like-minded individuals. And then also people who all over the world who kind of experience the same things, but have different food cultural backgrounds. And so, you know, I love finding the why in other people and making those connections. So that was another you know, uh, egg, if you want to call it. And so, um, you know, and so I'm okay with accumulating these small, these small wins, you know, and I had to just realize, you know, that, you know, everyone kind of had to take, I realized that talking with all these people that everyone kind of had to take a minor step back, you know, um, it's just not my industry, but it's everything. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted a pandemic and to put that self on me isn't really fair. You know, it's not fair. And um, so I thought about, I, I, my dad, I think my dad instilled this in me and it's always worst case scenario, you know, what's the worst possible thing that could happen, you know? And then it would be that I maybe postpone, you know, going to school a little bit longer and, you know, I, that wouldn't be the end of the world, you know, if financial troubles were the main route, you know, that's not the end of the world. And so I just kind of had to let that go. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to fill these timestamps. I've always been that way, you know, like I need to be a chef at this level. I need to be a manager at this level, you know? And so um, I think letting, having to let that go, uh, I felt kind of bad, you know, because I always had this like need to climb a certain ladder by a certain age. And it's just these pressures I put on myself that weren't necessarily important. You know, if the, if my main importance was to spark joy in other people and to get all of the other emotional extractions, I guess, that come with being a chef, um, then that's just a small percentage, you know, the, the latter is a small percentage of that. And I can still do those connections in other ways. Um, I just had to be a little bit scrappy with it, I suppose, and, you know, make it work for now. It's a bandaid fix. So I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's healing overall. Precious, what's missing from this conversation for you? Um, well, honestly, I think, I think I know that I'm incredibly, um, self-aware. Like I know all, I feel like it's like, you know, how do I describe it? You know, all the right answers. It's like when you go through a breakup or something and then, you know, that you get the cliche of like, oh, there's more fish in the sea and like you can do better and all these different things. You know, that list of like all those things people say, it's like, yes, those are all the right answers, but it doesn't make that person feel any better. You know what I mean? It's that same sort of um, feeling, I suppose. It's like, yes, I know, like, it's not the end of the world. Yes, I know, I could always push it back, but it doesn't make you feel good. It's just kind of like the right answer and something that we all have to get through, but, and it sucks, but shoulder shrug, you know, it's like that, that's kind of what I, that's what I feel. And 
it's the truth, but it doesn't make, I, I, you know, you want what you want, you know, you want to be able to meet your goals and accomplish your dreams, but having it pushed back isn't the most ideal, but, um, can I just interrupt? I want you to start that bit again. You want what you want. I want you to rephrase it from the beginning and say all of that again, but I want you to say I instead of you. Well, um, well, I want to go to school and I don't want it to be pushed back. And I know that's not the most ideal but it's just, I, I want what I want, you know, and, but I also understand that to have these limitations and these deadlines and pressures on myself in the middle of a pandemic isn't the most ideal <laughs> and I should let it go and be okay with that. And, um, be proud of myself to find happiness despite all of that, because I know that given everything that's going on, I'm actually in a fairly blessed and privileged kind of perspective, despite, you know, that, you know, quite a few thousand of people have passed away from this virus and all these other things. And so I think that humbling humbling it's humbling knowing all of that and I know that I'm okay and I'll be okay so it's you know it's not what I not what I want but I don't think anybody wants this so that's I think that's pretty fair as well okay so over the next however long while we're quarantined you're spending this time thinking focusing on what you want you know, focusing on the things that you have planned out and so on. During that time, what are you missing? What are you missing during that time of thinking about the things you want? What am I missing? Like, uh, like in the terms of I miss this, I wish I could do this or more of like something that's missing from my life while I'm inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you missing out on during this time? because your focus is very much on the things you had planned and they are very much focused on a future. And let's say this continues on for another two or three months. You're at home, you're with the family, you have your dinner shifts <laughs> and your um, energy of course is on that future. What are you missing out on? Um, A job, I guess. <laughs> I think that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Honestly, everything else is, I guess it is what it is. You know, I don't think I mind too much of everything that's going on. Quarantine hasn't really affected me in that sense because I could, I always, I'm very, I'm a very creative person. So I'm always keeping busy, you know, so that's not necessarily the issue. I just feel like when I, the main thing I'm missing is my job and in the sense of the income that it brings, you know, I feel like every day that I am not working, my dream kind of just takes us, takes a step back along with it. And, um, you know, what? I'm afraid I won't be able to see it anymore. Like I'm losing sight of it because, you know, you hear 
the typical like, oh, you know, I can't, I don't even know what day it is anymore because, you know, the time, the days just pass by. And so that's not very, um, that's not a very great feeling, but but so, at the same, go, go ahead, on. please. So, so actually, it's funny because I asked the question, and your mind still went to the future. You're still running in that timeline yeah. of I'm missing my job because of my future. Right. Um, I think that's just how I always, I always think. I can, I guess, to answer your question, just frankly, I guess I'm not missing out on anything on my day to day. I'm pretty fulfilled in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily miss anything at the moment. Um, I mean, I'm in a position where I had moved. And so it's not like my friends are nearby anyway. So we always FaceTime and, you know, so all those different things I'm always, I'm already fulfilled. I'm not missing anything. Um, though, of course I do miss my job for the actual um, cooking part, you know, that's fun, but I understand that that's not practical and, if I went to work right now, it'd be very, very, very slow. There'd be probably like one person or two, you know, so. Okay, I'm going to put a challenge on you then, Precious. I'm going to put a challenge here. This is going to be tough, but in everything that you've said throughout this conversation, I understand, of course, there's it's effectively there's a grieving taking place because something has been lost here and it's the plan it's something you love, it's progress, it's a lot of those things. But you said it yourself, I want but I want, but no one planned for a pandemic, no one asked for this, no one, no one really, really truly predicted this was gonna happen exactly this time. And you said yourself, I've gotta let it go. Right. And while your time is spent thinking, I could be at work, I could be at work, I could be at work, I could be, I could be planning for this, I could be doing this for the future. You're with your family. You said you FaceTime your friends, right? You still run your podcast, I believe. Right. There's all this stuff happening right now that when the time comes and you're out and you're going back to culinary school and so on, I believe when you move to Spain, there's a chance you may miss all the people you have here. You've got them now. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Um, that's true. I think, I think that I will at least. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a, definitely a different breed of person. I suppose I, being a military kid, you kind of just get used to moving, so that mm -hmm. loss just isn't there. You know, a lot of people are kind of shocked sometimes when I'm like, okay, bye, I'm moving across the country. And they're like, wow, like you, you know, they, usually people feel really sad and all these different things. But for me, it's a different sort of feeling. It's, um, I've changed the, what it means to move away. It's more of um, the start of a new beginning, something exciting, something that you haven't experienced before. And so mm -hmm. it definitely has more of a positive connotation than a negative one. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, my family has been super supportive of me and my dream. And so it's they almost feel a little bit sad for me that it has been pushed back because you know they want to you know they they want to see me like exp like I've never been abroad before well yeah abroad at all you know as despite how many times I have moved I've never been to another uh country mm. um so I just think that I think 
I think I'll miss them, sure, but it, it doesn't hold that same significance as something that I feel like other people can really, really relate to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the challenge, and it's a 30-day challenge, oh and God. I'm going to have a conversation with you in 30 days to see how you got on, okay? You have opportunities to cook at home, and you're right, it's not quite the same, of course, as being at work. You have these opportunities to continue chefing there. I'm going to challenge you to keep your mind as present and in the present as possible for the next 30 days. And that's a challenge. Because actually, while you have these plans, what I've got from this conversation is that what's causing this friction and this uncertainty is this this eagerness and enthusiasm, of course, to move forward. And just like you said, you can't. And so all you're doing is wanting to move in a direction where there's just a wall, a wall, a wall, a wall. And so all you're left with is to stay present. Almost as though every time you think about the future, it brings you pain. Right. Uh, uh, Okay. I'm conflicted. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Of course you will be because this is your whole thing. This is your bread and butter. This is in your blood to do this. And as you say, military family, this is it. This is how you've certainly uh, grown up, you know? Persistent folk. So you mentioned a wall, but I'm just like, okay, but like, have you ever seen that um, that uh, depiction of the raindrop or whatever that hits that wall every day? And mm-hmm. eventually it goes through, you know? So I feel like yeah. working on it each day, you know, increases my chances. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just me being ridiculously optimistic or... Um, I don't to know. a degree, I, I'm thinking in terms of chances of what? Because... I'm talking about in the context of this pandemic um, and of course the, the restaurants getting opened up again and so on and so on. Right. Right. In terms of those chances, if there is anywhere where you have control over that and how much control do you have over when the restaurants open? Oh, in that case, not, not much at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so in terms of the raindrop, I'm sure there are places where you absolutely can put that raindrop down onto brick and slowly that'll wear away. But it's also picking really where raindrops are going to wear away things and where they won't. And I think what you're doing is you are dropping this rain. I'm going to take that analogy now. You're dropping this raindrop. <laughs> you're dropping this raindrop onto a material that will not be eroded. No, and you're, good, and you're expecting good... it to be eroded and it won't be. That's a good perspective for sure. No, I needed that shift. Okay, yeah, I know what you mean now. Hmm. Yeah. I can see, I can absolutely see you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Isn't... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very stubborn person, but I, <laughs> but I mean, you're right. So, all right. Yeah, I have to sit with it. See how you go. 30 days. All right. And I'm going to put it in the calendar as well. And I'm going to, I will absolutely get back to you. See how you got on. Absolutely. Precious. Okay. What is, what is still left on the table in this conversation? Um, no, I think we covered it all to be, to be honest. I, 
I think that's the main source of um, control, you know. I think that's something that I've always really tried to manage, you know. It's the one thing that I could have, you know, despite everything that, you know, I've been through personally. So, um, but I think focusing on the present is something that I can control. And so um, I think that's a good first step, you know, at least. Okay. Okay, then. So if we were to continue having these conversations regularly, what do you think would happen in your life? Um, I think these kind of joys are, sorry, huh? I re, I re, uh, that's funny. Okay. Um, I think these kind of, <laughs> um, I think these kind of conversations spark joy is what I meant to say. Um, I don't know. I like, I tend to like a lot of honesty and truthful conversations. I think that's why I consider myself a pretty open person. And so if they continued every day, I think that they would spark a lot of joy because um, I don't know. I think that when you speak from the heart, you kind of uh, develop a relationship with a person to kind of understand their joys and their sadnesses. And I think that's kind of, uh, the raw element of what we do as humans. And so I think, I honestly think if more people did conversations like this, the world would be a, a better place. <laughs> and that sounds really cliche, but it's, it, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, we live in a place where there's a lot of facades and people trying to be who they're not or, or simply because they don't know who they are. And I think finding the root of why we behave in the way that we do or understanding why we feel certain things is a really important part um, of self-discovery that I think, you know, we, we need. And so I think having these conversations every day would be really, really impactful. Okay. Uh, Precious, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Um, I enjoyed being here. I told you I'd, I'd stick to the same answer. <laughs> no, but, but thank you. Um, it was a really productive conversation. I hope that your listeners found a little bit of value. The challenge I've set for Precious is deliberately a high challenge. You're talking about someone who is driven, motivated, who's clearly got the passion, the purpose there in what she does. And so it seems counterintuitive to tell Precious, stop thinking about it. Let your mind off it. You, the listener, may be familiar with this. You may have had a time or indeed in a time where you have this passion, you have this fire, this motivation to achieve, to succeed, to get things going, to get things moving. And what we get used to is the reproductive process of using that motivation, that desire and that drive to build solutions for the problems that we face, for the challenges that we come across. So I'll say the same to you, the listener now. If you've had a problem that's persisted or a challenge that's persisted and you've tried a lot of things and you find that there's boundaries, blockages, barriers in your way at every turn, take a break. Pick the solution that seems like the most counterintuitive solution. Take your mind off it, move away from it because this might be a sign that actually this solution requires a very different and new approach. 
How many times has a thought got in your way? How many times have you had a thought that's inspired you but you've yet to take action on it? On these episodes, I speak to people who are about social and self-awareness and accountability towards creating a much better world for every other human being. If this sounds like you, please feel free to get in touch with me at the only other Dan on Instagram, Daniel Holly on LinkedIn, or you can email me at firstnaturecsm at gmail.com. That's one S-T-N-A-T-U-R-E-C-S-M at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to rate it five stars, and share it with a friend if you think that they benefit from hearing it too. Hi, Case. Precious again. I just wanted to jump in at the end of this uh, special and let you know that I am doing fine. I'm joyful. You know, I'm finding the 30 days is coming to an end. And so I had to reevaluate how I lived my day to day, you know, and I found things that spark joy in me. And that's reading, that's walking my dog. And, you know, I'm a lot happier, you know, and I think that the main element there was just letting go, you know, like unclenching my fist. It was challenging, of course, because like I mentioned before, I'm certainly stubborn, but but speaking to other people, com- speaking to the community helps. No one knows what's going to happen in the future. No one knows what's going on. And there was there's a lot of comfort in that. You know, and also life isn't a race. It's not a race to the finish line and trying to beat the person next to you. You know, it's, I found that taking each day one step at a time, as cliche as that sounds, is actually really impactful to kind of just reflect on each individual moment, you know. But if you really enjoyed the show, um, go ahead and check out Daniel Hawley. He's a really, really cool guy, especially if you're looking for anything related to social uh, justice issues and things like that. He's well-educated and is a really great resource. I'll be sure to leave all of his information in the show notes. Um, You know where to find us on Instagram. It's uh, Precious the Foodie and all of that. So other than that, all the information will just be left in the show notes. And I hope that you guys all have a wonderful weekend. As always, live life with love and love food with life. Bye guys. See you Monday.